You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. Thwank, thwank. You, uh, practic- Is that a word? You're practising your paradiddles. It was a paradiddle. I was singing the very same thing. Paradiddle. In the afternoon, here on 3RRR FM, Trevor Che. Actually, Trevor 3. <laughs> Trevor 3. We're a bit late. Um, big thanks to the scientists and uh, yes. and also for a little bit of cross-pollinisation. I think if you remember from promotion. Yes. <laughs> Pollinisation. I just made up a word. Uh, yes, very excitement um, here. We're a little bit of quiver. No, no, it's not often we talk to, and actually that's not quite true, it is occasionally common that we talk to other continents, but not normally this continent. What's the last time we talked to another continent? Actually, am I wrong? Is Antarctica the continent or is it yeah. Antarctica? It is. No, it's the biggest continent. Okay, good. So you've let the cat out of the bag. Should, we start, should we start the show again? No, 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 not at all. Let's keep going. No, the, the, um, the fact is that we will be speaking to another continent, as, mm. as Matt mentions. We're talking to Antarctica. We're talking specifically to one of the uh, the great outposts of Australia, mm. uh, up there with Mawson Davis Macquarie Island. We're going to be talking to Casey Station, mm. home of the Big Red Shed. If you um, are on the computer at the moment, look up the Australian Antarctic Division or Casey Station. Uh, you can have a look around, get an idea. But we've got the chef. He's waiting. Um, actually, no, he's just gone down to the plaque apparently on the wall to find out who Richard Baron Casey is. <laughs> he went, I don't know, there's a, there's a, there's a plaque down there. I'll, I'll, I'll go and have a look. Anyway, his name's Andrew Donald, and um, he's, uh, he's the guy that brings joy. Joy through sausage rolls, mm. as he says. But to, as, as you said to me during the week when we were just chatting about the show, you said, well, you know, if you or I just run out of an ingredient or just need something just to cook up for a quick dinner, we just pop down... To the shop. To the local shop. To the shop. Mm. Um, in this case, the local shop is 4,000 kilometres away. Yes. That's a long walk to the shop. And a little cold. And a little cold. Anyway, so um, we're going to talk to him about uh, all sorts of things, how... Um, how do they keep saying down there? What do they do in winter? Is the sun shining at the moment? Is there no sun at all? Um, you know, I, we, we can vitamin D. We can answer one of these questions because I just discovered they've got a little webcam. You can just jump on it. We just tweeted it. So, it's dark, isn't it? No, it's bright, bright light out there right now. Bright light. Bright light. So uh, it uh, looks like a nice day down there. That doesn't make sense. Oh, really? I know. Middle, middle of winter, yes. And I know bright. that it's minus 24 degrees Celsius, mm. but uh, there it is. So... From the heart of the chilly continent, we're going to be talking to a man cooking and just to warm things up, just to get stuff onto the coals and get it all happening. We're going to be talking about barbecue. Yes. And uh, one of the great proponents of Western-style barbecue. Mm -hmm. We're talking uh, the south of uh, the US of A. Yes. Um, It's a barbecue that you need big apparatus for. Yes, a big, you know, big, usually sort of few metres long. few metres long, I was going to swear. A big, you know, a big, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Yeah, a big few metres long. Yes. That's a nicer way of putting it. I don't have to put stuff into the Yoast swear jar. Um, yeah, American barbecue that we've come to know um, in this country. It's been around now for a few, few it's decades really, now. It's really taken off the last sort of five to ten years, hasn't it? A lot of good um, US barbecue-style joints around the place. And one of the best, I would say to you, Cameron, yes, is there on Burke Street in the city, Fancy Hank's upstairs, 
Above the old gaslight. Yeah, the old gaslight. Old gaslight look, look at you, you old dinosaur. <laughs> I remember that place. It's a Nando's now, but if you walk in there <laughs> naked, you don't get free CDs anymore. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but upstairs, Fancy Hanks and, of, um, of course, that fabulous rooftop bar. But we have the honour of, um, of having someone who's been... Uh, a good friend of Fancy Hanks, Elisa Chong from mm. Singapore, and she's doing, of course, an Asian-style barbecue, which is more about direct heat. Mm. Um, it's not quite so much big apparatus. No. Uh, and they're going to be doing a pop-up. So I just thought it might be interesting to sort of get that that transference of ideas about different style of barbecue and maybe the Venn diagram of the fusion that might go between them. <laughs> Could you see you at home late one night working on your barbecue Venn diagram? <laughs> <sighs> what are you doing, get mate? The Venn diagram get the compass out bit. and draw some circles. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, whatever gets you through the night, you know? Huh? And you're listening to Triple R on 1207. Um, before we get to our first track, we've um, uh, some things happened to both of us um, from very different parts of the equation of life. Mm. First of all, Matt, I'd love you to start off with because you have had an incredible eating experience this week. This is true. This is true. I have, for, what have you done? For many years, I, I've go? been a big fan of Japanese food. Hey. And arguably... That sounds like, hey. Hey. <laughs> arguably the best Japanese food in Melbourne is at uh, Minamishima there in Richmond. I've been trying to get into Minamishima for a long, long time. Three Hat Restaurant. Three Hat Restaurant. Where is it? Uh, it's in it's on a side street in Richmond. In it's Richmond, off, it's like off a, Bridge Road. Yeah, it's like a little. Yeah. And like a lot of these, um, you know, the, the real top end three hat restaurants, the challenge is getting a table. So they do the thing where you rele- they release another month's worth of tables, you know, on the first day of every month, and so you're there on the and Matt phone. Matt lives on the phone. Very much so. But it, um, so with Minimum Machine, it's very sort of Japanese. So there's really just one person on the other end of the phone answering, taking the booking. So. For me, it took sort of most of the day to try and get through. But you did it. And this was months ago, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. we ate there on Friday night and um, just the best Japanese food I've ever had. First of all, mm-hmm. if you are going to do... And I've been lucky enough to do this once and it yes. was the greatest meal I had during that year. Yes. Did you get to eat in front of the chef? We did. This is the only... This is mm. If you're going to do this, I think Minamishima, for me is something that you do with one other person. This is not so like you get a big party of four or five people and get a table away from the magic that happens um, in front of you. Because it's, I guess, traditional Japanese sushi is prepared at the bar, as as you would expect, and you sit there and you watch them them work. But you do have the option, as you say, of sitting in the uh, in the main restaurant at a table. But yeah, just take a special friend. Yes, and sit there as a as a couple. So yeah, the the other thing that um, I'd say is, if you look, if you're spending top dollar anyway, so you might yeah, as well go all true. out and it's have uh, have the um, the sake menu. So you did that as yes, well. Yes, we did all that. So sake managed with each one of those. What was it like? It was just amazing. It's one of those meals where I have no real words to describe. It's just it, it's just beautifully put together. It's so good. You allow yourself. It's almost like you surrender yourself to this ballet, if you like. Mm. This 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 synchronized movement of dishes and knife work and the most freshest fish you've ever seen. Some blow torching happens. Smells come to you. The aesthetic is everywhere. 
It is. It's something that you just surrender to and it just washes over you. Would that be a good way to I put it? I think it's a very good way of putting it. It's just, yeah, I, as I say, no words. It was just that good. So, but as you rightly say also, top dollar. So you've got to speak to your bank manager before you go. Yes. Yes, and I, I remember when I went there, it was the word juxtaposition mm-hmm. came up. How so? Well, juxtaposed. It's sort of like where one thing is between another thing is juxtaposition. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm not doing that. Sorry, slap me. Um, so here it was. Here we were. We were sitting in the middle looking bang dead on at the chef, and mm. I'm watching him just going – this is one of my great days of eating. Because mm. you do, you're just sitting here going, I'm so fortunate to be yes. here. Okay, so on the right-hand side of myself is a Japanese businessman. He's mm. dining alone. He has a newspaper and he's reading the you're newspaper right. before mm. Mm. before things really start to happen. Once things start to happen, he puts his paper away and he gives 100% to what is in front of him. Yeah, right. At another stage of this evening, he proffers his business card to the chef, mm. arms outstretched, card held between two hands, mm. head slightly downcast in a, in a, in a measure of subservience to mm, this respect. Great. Yes. Thank you. Mm. And the chef looks at him and he see, ta- as he's taking his card, he says, I'm sorry I don't have a card. The businessman looks up at him and goes, that's okay, I know who you are. <laughs> and he did. He sort of laughs and goes, that's all right. I know who you Your are. Your reputation precedes you in this place. Here is the contrast. Go. To the left yes. is a couple of Australians. Yes. They are drinking red wine. Yes. That not necessarily a strike, but an odd choice with Japanese. Yes. Um, I'm trying not to be too unkind, but at one stage, the bloke, mm. and I use the word bloke, mm. looks at his girlfriend and he says, I'm over, he was overheard to have said, Oh, Jesus Christ, what are they going to serve us next? Dolphin? <laughs> we, see, I don't, maybe, maybe, there's something, wow. maybe there's something about the place, because we were sitting next to a, a loud, rude Australian pair as well. Like, they were towards the end, this, this guy was sitting at the bar and said to, to not, not the, the chef, but the sous chef, said, Oh, so are you good at sharpening your own knives? And the chef just politely says, well, after 20 years, I've, I've, I've gotten the hang of I th- it. I think I've got this. And he just keeps going on this line of questioning. What, what angle do you use? 10, 10, 10 degrees or 15 degrees? It's like, shut up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. well, it's, um, it's an interesting world out there. If you've got the money, if you can do it, mm. oh, get there. Yeah, it, is, it, is uh, just... it is as good as everyone says it is. Okay, so going from that, from the high things of what you have done... You were talking about some peasant food. I did some peasant food with a Greek twist. Mm. Um, I was at a a friend's place the other day, Mm. and there was just this stuff cooking in a pot. It was green, had a bit of rice in it. It smelled amazing, and I just said, can I have a taste of that? Oh, that is good. Spanakoriso. What is that? Spanakoris or sure. spinach and rice in, right. a, in a Greek style. Yes. And it is, oh, my God, it was so good. I said, oh, I've got to do this at home. I've just got to do this at home. And basically what it is, it is. It's spinach mm. with rice. And you make it by, first of all, cooking down an onion. Uh, say a couple onions with mm. a couple leeks. 
cook it down in some olive oil, a fair bit of olive oil, yeah, no mm. garlic, mm. a little bit of salt. And uh, and then to to that, you add about mm, a cup of either water or some stock. Mm. I used to use some, some veggie stock. And, uh, and then to that, you add in short grain rice, about 100 grams, not yes. much. So it's about the same. You know when you make a, a rice pudding, it's amazing how much a little bit of rice goes a long way. a long way, yes. And then you just cook this stuff down, and it makes this glorious green globby puree <laughs> uh, with salt and the dill and lemon juice, a little bit of acid to bring it up. Yeah. My God, you just look at that, and you eat that, and you think, this is making me healthy. And what do you eat it with? Um, I had it with a, co- uh, a shoulder of lamb. Because I was even just thinking you could probably just have that with a hunk of bread. That's probably You're going to have that with a hunk of bread. I know you you're can... going to double down on the carbs there, but hey, hey, live a little. It's all right. But anyway, from uh, Minamishima to Spanakoriso. <laughs> um, maybe we might put up um, a photo and recipe at the end. Is that... I think we can do this. And if someone was actually going to look for that, what would they have to do? If you just go to the Triple R website. Yeah. And then go to the Eat It program page. Just like that. There's all that. And also, um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We put some stuff on there too. Yeah. From time to time. From time to time. Thanks to Matty, who's our wanna, webmaster. Do you want to play some music or what do you want to do? I think I'd love to play some music before we start talking about um, the Eastern Western barbecue ethos. Someone actually sent us um, a strange thing in the post this week. It was this flat thing that was sort of shiny on one side and had a hole in it. It's like a plastic 12-centimetre disc. Yes. I haven't seen one of these in many years. This disc had sound on it. It did. And we shall hear this sound. It's Charles Jenkins and the Jibagos, everyone, from uh, his newest album, The Last Polaroid. And uh, we thought we'd play this where we thought he's channeling Leonard Cohen meets... Meets Nick Cave. Maybe. What do you think? This is great, folks. You might not see this behind the scenes, but as we're getting stuff organised, Matt's great at going, oh, come on, everybody shut up. <laughs> He's good at um, getting getting the troops organised because uh, we've got some vociferous and rambunctious kind of troops uh, who, well, they're into barbecue. And I think that's probably a good thing to talk of in the middle of winter where um, not only are they going to warm our hearts, they're going to warm the rest of our warm the rest of us with uh, a bit of a pop-up that's going to be happening very, very shortly. Welcome to the microphones of 3 FM, Alicia Chong. It's me, yep. That's you. <laughs> Roll call, yeah, present. And uh, Mike Patrick, no, uh, certainly no stranger to the microphone. As I look through uh, the microphone things, it's sort of like looking through a pillbox, isn't it? Looking, <laughs> We're looking between things to say g'day. A very, very good afternoon to you, Mike. Afternoon, Cam. How are you, buddy? Well, well. What's going on with um, you? This is just to uh, to give a little bit of context to the whole thing. You guys certainly aren't strangers, and um, I didn't realise this, Alicia, but you were pitmaster and uh, a big driving force behind the original food of one of the original fancy hanks over there on the market at the Mercat Cross Hotel. Yeah, that's correct. I was running the kitchen... From when it started as a pop-up. Does this mean that you never slept, that you were the pit master that had to sort of virtually have a sleeping bag next to the cooker? Yeah, true. That I had to cook the hog overnight. That's a hell a of a times. job. Pit master, I mean, I guess maybe it's sort of like being a baker but with better smells. Um, 
It's um, tell us about what what was life like being uh, working at Mercat Cross. Uh, it's really fun actually. Mm. We did. I mean, it was back then when it wasn't as it was more casual and more pub the pub style. Yeah. And um, there was a lot less people on the team as well, and everyone's pretty close. And what we did was just we did barbecue from we were pretty much the first American barbecue restaurant in in Melbourne. And that was the so aim for us to do it. How long ago was that? Now that when first barbecue, because you were you were the, the first proponents of uh, um, slow cooked barbecue. How long ago was that? I think it was two thousand. Mike, Mike's holding up his hands, ago? doing hand signals. <laughs> five, five years, I think we we kicked off with a couple of pop ups at Princess Park and uh, back of bars and places like that. So, mm. Yeah, it's amazing how something. That is only five years old has become part of us now. That most people in this town—I'm hoping I'm—I'm I'm sort of saying I'm not sort of defining everything in my own terms—but most people know about barbecue now and have tasted it, haven't they? It's definitely a, a big movement. It's um, back when we were doing it in the park. It was um, people didn't understand what brisket was. Yeah, pulled pork stuff like that. So, well, now that we've got fast food restaurants taking on the mantle of pulled meat sure uh that's when you know um that it sort of um hit the consciousness but you for your sins decided to say i'm leaving this pit and i will uh, hopefully get some more sleep but then you joined uh, um, a uh, one of the top restaurants of singapore and i would say you yeah, probably didn't get to sleep that much because... Probably got less sleep from yeah. that. Where, where did you go to? You went back to Singapore because that's where you're from. That's yeah. where I'm from. So I wanted to go back and um, spend some time with family. Yes. And also because I was doing they casual restaurants. You, huh? Yeah, they did. Come back. Yeah. So um, I wanted to challenge myself. So I went into fine dining and I chose pretty much the best restaurant in Singapore. Yes. Which is Restaurant Andre. And they got two Michelin stars this year and they're 14 in the world. In San Pel. In San Pellegrinos, yeah. And that's it was a good wow. challenge for me, but I did a whole year there. What sort of food? Uh, they do modern French. Modern French? Yeah, modern French. So no ruse. Um, what, what is modern French these days? It's basically French food with Asian ingredients and Asian techniques. Yes. Um, but really... You know, really looking into the little details of everything. Tweezers? Yeah, lots of Lots tweezers. of tweezer work. I remember going on the first day. Molecular? You were like, where's your tweezer? Like, <laughs> where's your tweezer? I'm like, Did what you? is a tweezer? Oh, and God. Yeah, welcome to this new world. <laughs> so it's sort of going away from the sledgehammers and... <laughs> yeah, it's going from the axe and the firewood. And yeah, it's, it's going from the mace to the rapier in a, in a way, isn't it? It is. And so you worked, uh, what section were you working in at, at Andre? Was it Saucier. The Saucier? Yeah. Holy bloody hell. <laughs> that's, um, that's big. Yeah, it's one of the core stations of the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. But we had like tons of people in the kitchen, maybe 16 yeah. people in the kitchen, and everyone's working six days a week. Of course, they, and, and from no, and and the hours. What time do you start? Ah, uh, so we usually 8 .39? No, it's actually pretty alright. Start at ten a.m. in the morning. Oh, luxury! Yeah, and okay. you go to about one in the morning as well. Yeah, so then you go. So then you finish this crazy work day, and then you probably need to go and go for a couple beers. Couple beers, because <laughs> this is the thing about cooking and and doing these things. So see, there is so much adrenaline that's still going through in completing a service. That you can't just finish a service and just go, man, I'm just getting popped down to sleep now. 
you, you almost need to come down from this performance, don't you? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Yeah. You've got to let loose a bit. That's right, and uh, there are books that have been written about this, haven't there, about um, chefs uh, chefs that, that are letting loose. So um, congratulations on being the sorcier. I can't help but think about Apocalypse Now, uh, where the guy was describing what he did, and but there was a swear word between that and sorcier. I was the... <laughs> um, watch Apocalypse Now if you want to do that. So, But you guys are reunited. We are. And it feels so good. Definitely. It's great to be back in Melbourne. Yeah, the, the climate a little bit... Um... <laughs> Jesus, the climate's getting to me. Uh, the first day I got here and it was like five degrees. And I'm yeah. Like, well, like, no, what's up, Mr. <laughs> coming in here from 33 degrees and humidity and it's like, whoa. Yeah. And so how's it going to work? How is this sort of thing, this... Uh, Matt asked me not to say this, but this Eastern, Western, modern style. <laughs> Sorry about the cliche. Um, of... Um, how are these synergies going to come together that these two hemispheres of thought on barbecue will coalesce? Well, I think I've always been a big fan of discovering each culture's barbecue. Every culture's got barbecue. Yeah. No matter where, yeah. where it is. Everyone started out cooking on fire. And it's primordial. It's where Whatever it's that means. Yeah. And, you Old. know, after me and Alicia worked together for a couple of years, she said, come back to Singapore and check out my style of barbecue. Mm. And we went over and did a couple of trips with her and... And what did you do when you when you said come over and check out my barbecue? What did you do to personify the Eastern style of barbecue? Pretty much showed them street food, yeah, like real street food barbecue in the alleys of Singapore and Malaysia. Yeah, we went to Singapore, Penang, KL, and Johor Bahru, and that was where I was like, guys, these people are cooking with just charcoal on the streets. Yeah, and it's legit. It's cool. It's cool. It's mm. really cool. Oh, it's it, it, it's the best. I mean. There's a couple of experiences I've had in Vietnam. One of my favourite things in the world is a thing called bo la lop, uh, which is the you know the leaves with the the mince cooked on charcoal. What about you? What are your, some of your favourite things to when you okay street food? What's the thing that you'll make the beeline for or know about and take Mike to first? So first things I think would be barbecue chicken wings. Yeah, that's the one. That's the main thing in Singapore. Yes. So they have this giant. Um, basically a skewer machine um, where you put where you line chicken wings up and you just put them on charcoals and cook them really slow for about half an hour to 45 minutes yes they marinated first marinated and yeah. probably like five to ten different kinds of soy sauces right and so it's really savory yeah um, you cook them up you crisp the skin yes you serve it with a chili vinegar on the side just to cut off the fat mm. and with a squeeze of calamansi lime mm. and that's I think that's the thing that it's Singapore food that's my favorite Calamansi lime, um, if you haven't had it, is sort of like, you know how we have a Lisbon lemon and a Myers lemon, which is a little bit sweeter. That's sort of the same thing with this lime. It's a little bit sweeter. Little bit yeah, sweeter. looking for confirmation. Yep. Yes, yep. it is. Um, what were some of the things that you really, really dug when you were having Asian-style barbecue? I think the, the wings for sure. Wings, tick. <laughs> but the, the bamboo-wrapped stingray was the big one for me. Bamboo-wrapped stingray? Sorry, yeah. banana leaf. Banana Sorry, leaf banana stingray. Banana leaf, yeah, yeah. Wow. Again, over charcoal with the sambal chilli paste on it. That was, you know. And using something that over here is is a bit of a bycatch. Yes. And a bit of a forgotten about sort of product, you know. It was sort of big there for a while, in, but that was more skate, wasn't it? Yeah. You get in Vietnamese restaurants in Footscray and stuff like that. They were mm. doing a bit of skate. Yeah. So, um, so definitely that. Um, any others that were a bit of a a treat? Just simple things like um, oyster omelette was another one. Yeah. So you know, 
oysters, usually out of a can, through an omelette in a wok over charcoal, and you know, with a bit of what else is in a bit of tapioca starch through tapioca it. Tapioca starch. Tapioca starch. Yeah, yeah, so you get a bit of gooey texture. Yeah, yeah. The crispy egg and those creamy oysters. Oh. Soft and nice. Yeah, that's that sounds awesome. So the question is going to be first of all where is this uh where is this thing going to take place how long is it going to take place and what sort of the things that we can look forward to having so and you said it's near a brewery which is a good start <laughs> exactly so this is majestic hawker and it's on next weekend from the thursday to the saturday so it's uh 13 to the 15th of july yep matt's Se- writing furiously at the moment this is good <laughs> go stats yeah. and it's 7 to 10 p.m that's our service it's at the brewery, um, the brewery warehouse opposite Dr. Moss in mm. Abbotsford. Bodrigi. Which, which, which brewery is it? Bodrigi Brewery. I don't think I've had anything. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. We need to remedy that soon. Okay, yes. And um, how long is it going for? What were those dates again? So Thursday to Saturday. Yeah. So three nights. Which have, uh, so only for three notes. Just giving it the first first blast. And yes. Then, um, but we're almost sold out already, so it's going to be um, definitely recurring. Oh, so you have to buy tickets beforehand. Yes. Yeah, so and where do you go? Oh, to the Fancy Hanks site? F- Fancy Hanks, so the event for Eventbrite is a yeah. website. But uh-huh. if you go through Fancy Hanks, you'll find the links. Okay. So you can check it out, majestichawker.eventbrite.com.au. And what sort of stuff are you going to be doing there? So we're doing... Eight dishes. Um, eight, eight dishes, man. So there's tree from the grill, which mm-hmm. is the barbecue, and tree from the wok and two desserts. So you get a ticket, which are food tickets going at $30. 30 bucks? 30 bucks. That all? Yeah. And that's awesome. <laughs> well, food is actually that's, that's good. Yeah, you can get $20. You can get a drink ticket as well. And yeah. get, that gets you beer and a cocktail. Um, and the cocktails are as well Asian-inspired stuff. That's pretty good. We're doing Singapore Sling, Singapore Sling and yeah, a right. barley whiskey cocktail. Barley whiskey cocktail? Yeah, so it's with a traditional barley water that we drink back home just to cool yourself down. Oh, okay. And so it's the same stuff they used to have at Wimbledon. Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> no, there used to be a barley water that you know, they used to do there. Anyway, I'm showing my age. Just don't worry about it. I'm just, it's just old guy talking. Yeah, so you're doing barley water and whiskey. And whiskey. Yeah. And a Singapore sling. And a Singapore sling. And there's going to be lots of beer happening and stuff like that. Now, before we do go, I want to ask a question. <sighs> Secret things in your pantry. What are the what are the, the go-to things in your pantry for flavor and texture and and um, just to make things amazing? Is there, you know, like Sriracha took over the world. Yep. Yeah? I'm going to say it. Like, Asian pantries, for one, there's MSG in it, like in every Asian house. Yeah. But there's no MSG in ours. We're doing basically soy sauces and oyster sauce. Mm. That's the essential pantry items as what well. What sort of oyster sauce do you use? Uh, just regular oyster sauce. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I was just wondering if you had a, a favorite oyster sauce because you can, you know, everybody makes – it's the same as fish sauce, right? Yeah. You can get a really beautiful fish sauce that has been made from – in a traditional way and then – Nestle make a fish sauce. Oh, I didn't know Nestle. Or Maggi make a fish And, it, and it, it tastes exactly like you would expect. You know, it's not very, very good. But there's a brand called Mega Chef, which I think David Thompson has got behind. And the oysters that they use are actually smoked properly on wood, and they're really good. And you can get it at Min Fat and stuff like that. It's like about four okay. or five bucks a bottle. It's a, the, the biggest bargain. But I don't know. Things like, I don't know, Zechuan pepper, 
Have you got, what sort of, uh, have you got any magic wands of cooking that people should know about or something that should be in every person's pantry if they're going to be cooking in an Asian style or any sort of style? We were, we were talking about some stuff. We were actually having a play at Fancy Hanks the other day with, um, mm. with meat rubs. And yep. We were doing um, dried shiitake mushroom kombu and bonito. So we smoked it all in the oven. A little bit of umami there. Yeah. yeah, Glutamates, baby. Smoked it in the the smoker and then blended it for a beef rub. And that was pretty awesome. That was pretty good, huh? So again, that umami, that MSG flavor, yeah. Yeah, comes through. Because that's what we crave, isn't it, really? It's good. Yeah, yeah. What what do you reckon? I'm going to give you one more. What do you think? Any anything magic ingredients or things in your pantry that... Okay, let me rephrase. I think I've got it. What's in your pantry that you couldn't do without? All right. That if I That's tried to take it away, you would start crying or threatening me with a knife. I'm going to say chili oil. Chili oil. Chili oil. Do you make your own or do you buy it? Uh, so you can't make your own. I, for for my home, I just buy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I yeah. just buy it. But you put it in any stir fry, mm. any soups or noodles. Gives that. That's the lift. Yeah. That's the lift to so say you, it's a pretty hard sort of a a chili flavour that you want. This is almost the one that catches you in the back of the throat sort of flavour, isn't it? That is true. It makes you cough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Um, That sort of reminds me when I'm having, um, you know, a bowl of uh, Zechuan beef noodles. You get that thing in your... You start... I start sneezing, actually, when I have Zechuan noodles, and I know that I'm enjoying it. It's great. Um, All right. Well, oh, goodness me. It's... um, it will be happening. So that date, one more time for people. 13 to the 15th of July. Yeah, so coming up soon. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Go to Fancy Hanks. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. And it also seems to be quite good value for money too. It is, yeah. Or you can check out the Instagram or Facebook and it's Majestic Hawker. Okay. Mm. Yeah, we will do. All right, well, what we might do is we will um, go from talking about something that happens just around the corner, well, literally around here, to talk to a man who's in a place that if you run out of food, there is no shop you can just go to. There is no second chance because the closest supermarket's about 4,000 kilometres away. Yeah. Andrew Donald, who is uh, the chef at the, uh, the Big Red Shed down there at uh, the big frozen continent will be talking to us very soon once i look across to matt maybe just a quick music track first really okay hey guys thanks for coming in thanks for having us thanks for having us pleasure you're on triple r and that's the station you are listening to you evolve kind of a creature you and now we go intercontinental here from the studios of beautiful downtown East Brunswick to a place a little bit colder. You think it's cold up here at the moment in winter? <laughs> you get nothing on these guys. Andrew, Donald are very, very good. Where are we? We're morning where you are, aren't we? We are morning. Good morning. I was just wanting maybe just to uh, get this thing started. And first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out to have a chat to us today. Can you just sort of look around and sort of just describe your surroundings? That's uh, that's a good question, Cam. I actually, uh, I'm obviously in my room at the moment, but I'm looking out through the window. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's the most beautiful morning. Mm. It's truly amazing. And uh, actually, just on the window, there's all these beautiful ice flowers which have formed, uh, and you look through that, and then 
I could just see um, an expanse of, uh, of ice out of the water. The water's all frozen and there's some icebergs on the horizon and the, and the, the dawn has just, just kind of broken to this lovely orange and blue kind of glow almost. Wow. And I, it, it's good to open the blinds because, uh, you know, it's actually now that the days are getting a little bit longer because recently it was, it was a lot darker this hour in the morning. So and I just thought, yeah, I could open that blind. It's good to see that again in Antarctica. And and that was uh, a day of great celebration, of course, the winter solstice, which I'd, I'd love to uh, talk about uh, a little bit later. I'm just wondering how long, how much sunlight do you get during a day now in uh, in winter time down there? Well, it's not too bad, to be honest. I mean, we're getting... Um, so it's now 10.30 our time, roundabout. Mm. It'll about... 3 o'clock, it'll start getting dark again. 3.30, yeah, heading towards that. So it's, what's that, about four and a half hours, around about. So it's a nice little window in the middle of the day when it's a really nice day. Mm. It's wonderful. I mean, um, so the other stations, like Davis, for example, they're they getting hardly any. So I'm very grateful for that because um, it does make a big difference when you when you uh, you just feel very enclosed when the darkness is there. I can and when imagine. that light comes on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a lovely feeling, especially on a really nice day. You can go out there and take it all in. And yep. you, the Australian Antarctic Division comprises of uh, four different bases. Um, so we were talking about Davis, which is um, closer inland or to the pole, Macquarie Island, which, of course, is Macquarie Island, uh, Mawson. Where actually is Casey? You say in relation to, well, southern Australia, is it? Where is it? Oh, that's a very good... <laughs> you got me. You can ask me a geographical question. Hey, bastard. What are you um... bloody doing? Oh, well, no. It's... <laughs> okay. I'll, an- I'll answer that and we well, can I'll get tell on. tell you what. Go on. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you, you, I've actually got the Australian Antarctic Division website here, which is a really wonderful website. So you can... It is. Everyone can get on that, which is at uh, antarctica.gov.au. Yep. And um, you can just click on... And, and all the stations are clearly marked there. And uh, actually, I'll just tell you, you can actually click on each station, which then gives you a, a nice um, window into all the, you know, what's happening on the stations. And it's got, it's a really good, it's a really good web page. So that's my answer for you there. That's, that's good. Uh, it's you'll like, find it there. It's called <laughs> it's South. Do, do Your Own Homework, Cam. That's uh, fair enough. <laughs> hey, um, now, this is your second tour with, um, with a couple of footy seasons between the first time, or the last time, should I say, that I think you were in Dawson during summer, um, a lot's changed, hasn't it, since probably the, the last time you were down here or down there? No, that's, that's correct. It was uh, just on 10 years ago that I was at Davis for the summer, yes. 2005-06. And obviously I'm here at Casey for the winter, so as I say, 10 years. Um, I did plan on actually coming back reasonably quickly because it's a bit like that here. It's something about it. You come down here and, you know, as they say, it gets in your veins, um, yeah, but look, look, life just took me on different uh, twists and turns. And uh, but I had uh, in the back of my mind that I had to get back here, and all the stars aligned, and here I am. Um, I think though that when I when I came this time, which was different by plane, and I, and I came, landed, got on the ice. It was just that incredible feeling of it's almost like being home. It's hard to describe unless you're really really wow. So um, yeah, very grateful for that. And, um, yeah, I guess that's that's one of the things, because um, Maddie and I over the years have talked to people 
um, down, I think, pretty much at, at, at Casey. And, yeah, the only way that people could get down there was by the Aurora Australis and the uh, the the runway is a, is a new thing. I mean, but that's not just, you know, it, it's a fair bit up the road, if there was a road, isn't it? Yes, it is a fair bit up the road. And it's just interesting because it's on a plateau um, to about three and a half hours by... We have a, a vehicle here, Hagluns, they're called, they're like an all-terrain vehicle. Yeah, and we have a bus that comes, uh, does a commute, Priscilla, and... Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, it takes... I look on a Friday, and that's the interesting thing, you know, it could be beautiful down here on the coast, mm. but it could be inclement up there, so we just have to juggle the two. I mean, and that, that's the scenario down here, you know, we are in Antarctica, and you can tend to forget that, but the weather does play a big part in lots of factors, and they call it the A factor, you know, because um, you just have to run with that. can't control the weather. Yeah. and we are very lucky we've got the the plane. And if you're not careful, the weather can be lethal. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And and that's, um, you know, in the the first degree, that's what you, especially for winter, and in a certain respect for the summer, but for the winter you get trained. In all aspects, aspects of that, and you just have to have a, a sense of awareness of that. You know, um, cold being cold is 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 not a, a good thing. Um, and we, look, we get equipped really well and trained really well. Um, and it's interesting enough. I mean, I'm on three. I've got three different positions down here. Mm. I'm on the, the fire team. Yep. Um, and I get search and rescue trained so that if someone goes missing, I can help with that. So it's it? like a first responder, and then I'm on the on the LSA team, which is the uh, delay surgery assistant uh, role. Wow. So if there's a if there's a problem, uh, obviously the doctor does a wonderful job, but uh, he or she can't do it all. So she needs, uh, in this case, we've got a, a, a female doctor here, and uh, so you, you potentially might have to assist in the procedure. And uh, hopefully that hasn't happened this this season at all. But um, yeah, we got trained in that, which I'm very grateful for as well. And I love the, an amazing experience. And I do love the way in in classic sort of uh, Australian sort of understatement of these uh, these sort of things where you go to emergencies and look after people is called an an ouchie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. love the fact that they wanted the chef to do that, and I was more than happy to do that. <laughs> He's got knives. I mean, you know, even easy does. Um, okay, but yeah. one of the things is that food, of course, is one of the. Uh, is uh, the first layer of defence against the cold. So that's one thing that you are doing. But the other thing that you are providing, you are, as I can sort of see, you're the vibe master. You're the guy that, you know, by by giving a smile or beguiling by your sausage rolls, um, you're bringing um, a, a, a variety and change to something which could be a fairly monotonous sort of existence, Yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, I, look, to be honest with you, Cam, I mean, I've been cooking for a long time in lots of different capacities, and I think that's generally the case. Um, I mean, it's a communal environment here, obviously, and as you say, it's the glue that um, mm. holds everyone together at a certain point. I mean, I look, um, you know, I have my own opinions about how, how my food is to, to, you know, perceive, but um, you wouldn't want to be, um, you wouldn't want to, um, be a bad chef down here. I, I would suggest that. But um, <laughs> yes. So anyway, so I mean, it's interesting you mentioned sausage rolls. They're like currency down here. Everyone loves sausage rolls. So, and, and uh, look, I really enjoy that that whole process. I mean, I, I want to make everyone feel good by you know eating good food. 
It's, yeah. It's been really a great deal of pleasure for me. Um, now, when people, the tradies, for example, they spend a lot of time out here uh, outside, and it's, it is really cold, obviously, so they come in, and if you've made something that they can relate to, and, and I try and make the food relatable. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's hot. Well, look, you know, it's a wonderful thing, and everyone's happy. How would so, you describe it as well? So I'm happy. So. Oh, yeah, je mange chez moi, as some of the French say. I eat at my place. Yeah. Um, uh, how would you describe your cuisine? What, what, what sort of stuff do you do? Is there a theme? Well, as I said, you know, here, well, I just do it. Uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's relatable. What is it? It's comfort food we're doing down here. Yeah. Uh, you know, plenty of it, as I say, you know. And it's funny, you know, because we, we each um, month we have a weigh-in and everyone's convinced that the week before the weigh-in, I'm actually filling the fridge full of things that they shouldn't be eating. Well, they still eat them. They love them. Yeah. And I don't think that's actually the case. I just, you know, I do that kind of stuff, make lots, lots of biscuits and, and whatever it may be. Ooh. I just enjoy that. So it's quite funny. <laughs> it's the doctor versus the chef. We had this competition. <laughs> Okay, the, the two horses pulling from from opposite directions. Now, one of the, one of the great um, traditions of uh, Antarctic life is that, uh, uh, in true form, when uh, when the day is darkest, when when the sun is most absent from everyone, it's like when everybody says, "Look, screw this, bring out the good stuff. We're going to feast." And uh, the solstice feast has been going on for a long time. What did you cook for this one? Well, we had some beautiful stuff uh, and a lot of Tasmanian produce too, which was wonderful considering I am Tasmanian and it was used to use that. We had, um, I'm just looking at them, sorry, I'm just looking through the menu here as well. We had some great crayfish tails. I made some crayfish ravioli to start. Oh, yeah, okay, um, that sounds good. And then we had just, we just had nice simple plated food, which was easy for service. Mm. Uh, actually, I think, the, I think the lamb was probably from Victoria, lamb racks. Oh, oh, lack of rain. Um, yeah. Rochettes of Tasmanian scallop and bacon. Classic prawn cocktail. Bruni Island oysters. You eat better than we do. Ruby grapefruit and <laughs> yes. vodka sorbet in the middle. And a what sorbet? Uh, uh, ruby grapefruit and vodka sorbet. There's a little palate cleanser there in the middle. Oh, oh then we had a, then we had, uh, I did a twice cooked pork belly. And by that stage, everyone was suitably um, stuffed. They just so, got like a stab at it. Oh, we had some lovely, we had some lovely cheese as well from Bruni Island, the George, which is a hard cheese. There, We've still got some of that in the, the fridge, actually. From what's his name? So it was a wonderful, wonderful day. Oh, yeah. that, that that sounds divine. Now, um, this is just it, because um, uh, what you, you've got to keep the troops happy. You've got to keep these people, these um, uh, people who uh, have gone to this continent happy and uh, I've been looking up with the fantastic website I must be said, division's budget is $1.3 million per annum and the important thing is that the, they look at what food is going to be consumed and then they, the idea is that you round up in case of unforeseen things happening yeah. with weather or <laughs> other people coming on because it is all about managing this very hostile environment and contingencies, yeah? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. It was interesting when you were saying that, I was just thinking, you know, I mean, really, we've come such a long way. I mean, and, and sometimes I look in the photos in the, in, the, in the mess here, they've got pictures of all the past expeditions, and I always look for the chef, hmm. you know. 
Okay. And I just figure out to you, yeah. how, how, did they, how did they manage down here? I mean, really, we've got yeah. it, uh, I, I believe, I think we, we've got it really well, and we, we're very lucky in this, this modern you know, time that we can actually... But as I said before, that the, the, the weather, it can really bite you. So, you know, mm. I, the division does a lot of really wonderful planning. It's made my job easier. I mean, in 10 years since I've been here, I mean, I, I certainly... Uh, I don't know if it's easier, it's just... Uh, it's more streamlined, I would suggest. Better equipment, better. I think, as you said, better yeah, equipment, yeah. better systems, um, all that sort of thing. I imagine no cafe latte though, because there's uh, there's no fresh milk. All, oh, no, all... Uh, we've got a whole team of baristas down here because we've got a really nice coffee machine <laughs> in the dining room, <laughs> and everyone's a barista, so right? Absolutely, yeah. and everyone wants to make the chef a coffee, so you just got to be a bit careful. I don't have. You know, a dozen coffees at a day. Yeah. But, um, no, as I say, well, we have had a milk down here. Uh, I mean, I've been making ricotta um, cheese out of a powdered milk. You're making ricotta out of powdered milk? I'm growing yogurt. Wow. Yeah, no, but, you know, I mean, it's adequate. And that's the whole point. I mean, you know, yeah. at a certain point, you just have to say, what are your expectations? I and mean, mine are fairly level, so... You know, I'm happy enough for that. But uh, there's a whole range of things. And a lot of the chefs before me, have, I mean, I, I think that uh, I'm reasonably creative. But, uh, I mean, some of the stuff that I've seen made down here is just truly remarkable. You know, of, you'd find that in any incredible restaurant in the country. So, so they, they set the bar yeah. high, but I, I guess this is one place that, you know, one of the things that chefs talk about all the time is... Uh, is doing regional cuisine and eating your area. I suppose that's sort of out of the question here. But the the other thing is, hey, um, yeah. vitamin D would be uh, an important thing that people would have to be supplemented with, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Now, we get supplements each month when we have our medicals. Yeah, and um, and uh, you said that, you know, how the, the weather can change. Have you ever sort of uh, been witness close hand to uh, the Antarctic sort of weather fury? Well, I have. I mean, I've, I haven't been caught in it. I mean, uh, at Casey here, we, we actually get quite a few blizzards during the season. We had one uh, about last week. It was nearly 100 knots, which is... 100 look, knots. I mean, we're all here in this lovely big building, but you you can't go outside in that. And yeah, forget it. To see it through the window, uh, I did actually... I went outside in under... In just on 60 knots to help someone do some observations, and that that was a good experience. But it just goes to show, you, and it was at night time. Yeah. All right. Well, so look, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do that. You got to be careful. Look, just um, we've only got a couple more seconds to go before the end of the show. First of all, thank you for joining us, Andrew. Um, but I'm just wondering, Thanks, uh, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, look, to be honest with you, we've got um, some more of those lovely crumb scallops from Kathy. <laughs> okay. Here we are thinking you're doing it tough. Well, <laughs> it's... sea salt just over the top. All right, yeah. so it's it's come a long way from those expeditions of Scott of the Antarctic who was, uh, I don't know, eating pemmican and, <laughs> and, and whale blubber. All right, we're, we're going to have to go. Matt's just doing the things. Hey, Andrew, a big good day to everybody down there. Thank you so much for having a chat to us. It's been a delight. Yeah, you too, Cam. Thanks so much. Thanks, mate. We'll uh, we'll sign off. Thanks. There it is.
Um, wow. Uh, okay, we've got 10 se- No, 20 seconds. Luxury. Got, we, got a, we got a giveaway too, because uh, you would have heard earlier that. in the show about Grand Old Twang live this Saturday from the performance space. Um, we've got some double passes giveaways. So, it's this Saturday, Triple R presenting the Grand Old Twang. Number 11... Uh, it starts at 2 p.m. in the Triple R Performance Space, hosted by Denise Highlands, uh, Denise Highlands, and Highlands ring, even, yeah. and ring in Tim Thorpe even gets a gig. Really? So uh, give us a ring nine three double eight one zero two seven if you would like to attend that, and you're free on Saturday. Yeah. Coming up, uh, Tracy Hutchison. We're talking about La Mama. I didn't realise fifty years old, La Mama. One of the, the great cultural institutions of this country. Oh, and I also, uh, just one thing, you know, I always think about. Oh, I should have asked him that. Just so you know, they do have hydroponics down there. And a brewery. Yes. But not that those things should mix together. No. Um, it's different. Maybe hydroponics, maybe people might be thinking <laughs> of. Uh, chilies and lettuces and stuff like that. We're going to hand over to the Sunday Light. It's a great afternoon. It yeah. always is. Yeah. Here on 3 Triple R. Matt, thank you very, very much. Thank you, Ken. We will see you Listeners, week. thank you for uh, tuning in. We'll see you now. Oh, I'm going to Bendigo Festival of Lamb. I'll yeah. probably be talking to you from there. Yeah. See you next week. Bye. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.